You are listening to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring you the best tactics, strategies, and actionable insights for change through our powerful interviews with change management practitioners and leaders. And now here's your host, Brian Gorman. Hello, and welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast. I am Brian Gorman, Managing Editor of Change Management Review, and my guest today is Lindsay Kaplan. Lindsay is a screenwriter turned organizational psychologist who helps human resources and business leaders script their change efforts for the effect they want. Her expertise is in scripting experiences that help boost morale, retention, and engagement for the long-term. Her forthcoming book, The Gathering Effect, is based on her research and consulting practice. Lindsay has a master's degree in organizational psychology from Columbia University and a bachelor's degree in communication and creative writing for the media from Northwestern University. Welcome, Lindsay. Thanks, Brian. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Interesting background going from screen, screenwriter for shows such as Curb Your <laughs> Enthusiasm to a regular contributor for, to Fast Company and what some might refer to as a, quote, gathering guru. Could you briefly describe your own professional journey as background to our listeners for this conversation? Sure. So I describe myself as a an organizational psychologist and communication strategist. So I blend my two worlds of writing and communication with my uh, my interest and training in organizational psychology. The tool that I use for change has stayed the same across my entire career, which is gatherings. So I started my career gathering people for entertainment, as you mentioned, um, learning how to create experiences that would make people laugh or be entertained or move characters from A to B. And then I somehow found my way into um, education and learning and development, learning how to script gatherings for, for education, and then moved into organizational psychology, creating gatherings for transformation. And along the way, I've learned how to uh, script and and enhance or adjust our gatherings for the effect that we want and really became interested in this tool um, and its capabilities for change in people and organizations. You refer to gatherings as, quote, the most common tool we use to spark movement or change in our organizations. I find that the term gatherings fascinating because it, first of all, calls up my undergraduate days of cultural anthropology, but it really has a very different emotion, I think, than if you were talking about audiences in studios or workshops or conferences or town halls. Why did you choose the term gatherings? That's an interesting question. I think I just wanted a way to encompass, again, this tool that we all know and, and I define it maybe a little bit differently than other folks. So I define gathering as matching a message with a moment to create an effect. So there's some piece of content or information that we want to share with someone else in order to help them be moved or be changed, which is why my background as a screenwriter, I think, comes into play here. 
And across my 10 or so years in learning and development, I found that gatherings were the most common tool, as you mentioned, people use for change. And there was a misunderstanding or misuse of them. However, the same principles and the same methodologies apply, no matter if it's a town hall or a training class or a conference or a webinar or an offsite. So once I lumped it together and created a framework, which maybe we'll walk through, I was able to sort of help people no matter which gathering they wanted to select from their toolbox. When you and I were talking in preparation for the podcast, you spoke about the importance of focusing on the participants' connection to the content of the gathering. How do you achieve that? It's a great question. Yeah. So the thesis of all of my work, what all of my research has shown me is that people don't change because of content. And I think that may be a little surprising to folks because we spend so much time on the slide deck or what we want to share, but that is not the lever. People actually change because of their connection to the content. So our efforts should really be be focused on enhancing that connection. And the key is in the conditions that we create in the room, whether it's virtual or in person, versus the content that we share. Um, And again, this is what makes this framework sort of apply across all these different disciplines, but also across all these different gatherings that we we may be used to. So if you want to, um, we can walk through those, those conditions now if that's helpful. That'd be very helpful. Thank you. Sure. So there's five conditions that um, that lead to engagement or lead to, I think, the outcome that we usually want when we gather people, not always, but usually, which is to create buy-in and ownership, perhaps some behavior change. And again, there's five conditions. So we'll walk through all five. The first is to see and recognize your audience or your employees, which means to know the needs of the people that you've gathered. What's at stake for them? The second is to make it just for them. So how can I make this gathering or this change effort specific to this one group in this one moment in time so that people feel listened to? It doesn't mean that if I'm a leader, I'm changing my gathering every single time I I say it or I create it, but rather I'm making it feel as though it's made for that one group. The third is to give the audience ownership. And Brian, you know, you and I talked about this, this old organizational development adage that ownership leads towards commitment or involvement leads towards commitment. So how do I give our employees skin in the game? You know, people will own what what they help create. The fourth is to connect to a universal concept. So what can everyone relate to or nod their head about? Underneath this change effort, what is what are we really talking about? What is this really about? So, for example, if we're announcing a new performance management system, it's not really about the performance management system. It's about what it gives us. What does it give employees? Perhaps it gives them transparency. Ah, everyone can relate to that concept. And the fifth is to allow agency and choice. And what this means is to treat your audience or your employees like adults because they are. Even if your gathering is mandatory, how do you elevate people's status to make them feel important and necessary to the success of your gathering or change effort? And so, so much of my work is on coaching the conditions of the gathering versus just the content. And in that way, I describe my work as content agnostic and tool agnostic. So beyond these five conditions, what other elements, if you will, are key to the success of the gathering? Yeah, so let's take a step back. I think success can mean different things to different people. And I think that's a really important point. 
the first thing I, I suggest people do is really clarify the effect that they want in their gathering or their change effort. And there's four effects that we can create. So we can create compliance, which is your normal check the box, do what you're told. We can inform people, right, to give them some information. We can entertain, uh, bring about a sense of delight, or we can engage. So step one is what do we need from the people that we've gathered? And like I mentioned, surprisingly, we don't always need engagement. But if we do, if we need engagement, then what we need to do is create a sense of pull and personalize. So what does that mean? Instead of pushing people to the gathering or the change effort or sort of helping people just consume information, we want to create the gathering that gives people a chance to contribute and be active participants. Um, then the other side, we also want to personalize the change effort or the gathering versus one size fits all so that people feel, again, that it's made for them, that they feel visible. And the key difference here is emotional involvement. And this is something that I think um, many people struggle with. But as we know, emotion is key to getting people to change or to do something differently. They have to feel the need and the desire to change. Lindsay, what have we learned about gatherings from the pandemic? Oh, man, a lot. <laughs> I think that, you know, first of all, the struggle that we had with gathering truly was not how to share information, but how to connect with people. Um, and so when the pandemic first started, what we noticed was people were, were just sharing their content around or saying, here's the information, here's the deck. And what that taught us is that we're not gathering for information, right? Because we can get that on our own. What we're gathering for is connection. So in some ways, I think this time really exposed our frustration with gathering, but it also revealed its purpose. Um, I think the second thing is we... <laughs> I think I've been guilty of this. We blame Zoom or we blame the technology when our gathering doesn't land or if connection is harder. But behind every person using Zoom is someone deciding how to use it, right? So it's not technology that hinders our connection. It's, it's our choices. So we can make better choices that increase connection instead of make it more challenging. What else do you want our listeners to know about creating more successful gatherings? I think... It's a great question. I think there's a few common pitfalls that people fall into. So maybe it's useful to share those so that we can learn to avoid them a bit or a few reasons why gatherings don't stick or change doesn't stick. And one is what I call stuffing the suitcase. So I like to give vernacular language that sort of is um, a bit stickier. So hopefully stuffing the suitcase is something that we can all relate to, which means that if you're a participant of a gathering or even someone creating it, be wary of just stuffing in so much content that people can't consume it. This affects our cognitive load, which basically means that our brains cannot handle all of this information. So while we may think our gathering is efficient, it's actually not effective. And that can get in the way of us achieving gathering success. So really encourage people, if they're going to push their gathering full, uh, full of information, at least give people time to pause, to reflect, to digest the information so they can take it up as their own and personalize it in their own context. So that's, that's one sort of thing to be wary of. And the second is what I call tilt the seesaw, which means, again, we tend to think that the only thing that will affect people is by sharing information, but that's rarely enough to encourage people to do anything differently. So instead of just tilting information, we also need to tilt ownership and care. So when we think about gathering this way, we think about sort of 
information is just one component, content is not the king, we can maybe start to be curious about why the change that we're after isn't sticking and look to different choices that hopefully feel help employees feel seen and recognized and heard and a part of the effort. And especially over the past couple of years, Brian, people really want that, especially if their gatherings are virtual, because we now have a higher bar. One last question, Lindsay. I think I know the answer to this, but how important is a call to action in a gathering? And what might that sound like? Part of what makes gatherings and change efforts successful is people feeling clear on what is expected of them and what they need to do and the confidence and motivation to go do it. So oftentimes what I encourage people to do is close a gathering by clarifying people's one main takeaway or clarifying the call to action. So when you leave this gathering, et cetera, here's the one thing that we want you to do. That first step towards action is critical for change, as you and I both know. And so, again, if we're stuffing the gathering full of information, at least give people the time and space to clarify the one thing that they're going to move forward with. Lindsay, lots of great stuff here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Change Management Review Podcast. Be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Instagram.